Happy football season to those of you who watch football. First game before uh, preseason game happens tonight, 8 o'clock. Uh, so you probably won't be watching this if you're watching that. <laughs> um, at least not immediately. Markets have been going up for the last couple of weeks. And we have some jobs numbers coming out tomorrow and housing numbers that came out today. So let's dig into that. So, first of all, now the football season's here, there's a couple things we want to talk about. First and foremost, DraftKings. Now, went down today, a lot of people bet on football. This honestly is a great company. They do a lot of like things to get people in men because gambling is one of those, you know, seven deadly sin things. A lot of people have that vice, drinking, all that. Um they do release earnings tomorrow, I believe. So that'll be exciting to see. I don't know about playing the earnings, that might be an option. But I wouldn't expect their earnings to be all that great because football season hasn't started yet. So if I were to play that, I might play it on more of a spread than trying to predict which option way it would go. Uh, so let's take a look. Current option chains. Uh, stuff expires tomorrow. So you might want to take it out to next week because they're reporting after hours every week. So it's not so bad. So like if you were to buy a $16 put and a $17 call, well, there we go. It's going to cost you under 200 bucks to do that. It might be interesting to do. I might actually do that tomorrow. Uh, see what happens. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So with that, um, long term, definitely one of the uh, better options to, to try and play, I think, at least for seasonally speaking, this will probably go up pretty fast because of all the bets they get. Because come next quarter, when they release earnings, they'll have all the bets from football. Yeah, some people bet on baseball, but I feel like more money goes into their system when football's up. There's so many more people actually bet on football i at least in my humble opinion don't don't quote me on that but as you'll see we've been up all week uh just making gains on gains on gains with our palantir position up over 11 dollars now um and the portfolio is actually almost back up to 25k so we can do some great day trading stuff i might just throw some money in there to get it up past 25 we'll see um but yeah, the uh, stock futures are it's flat pretty much for Friday going into tomorrow. Uh, things were slightly down. I mean, yeah, not really 0.08%. Everything was flat. I mean, you're looking at a lot of flat. There's this could be a very boring market coming up because you have, you know, things that are good, things that are bad, and those kind of cancel each other out. Like you hit. Honestly, right now, 
if you see the next couple of inflation CPI data reports come through lower than expected or lower than current, well, I think it's like 9.1 is where we're at, somewhere in that neighborhood. If you start seeing things drop down into eights and the sevens, you're going to see a huge boom in the market very quickly. Uh, but that's going to be something that's not going to happen until September because the Fed is off this month for their press tour junkets. I don't know. I don't care. So you're not going to see some a lot of things that you normally see uh, as far as Fed rate hikes and that kind of thing. Uh, you should still get the CPI data and stuff, but we'll see where that comes in. Um, but we've already done that for July, so it won't get August until September. It'll be interesting, for sure. The Fed isn't done rate hiking. Uh, they want to get to at least, you know, even, as they put it, at 2.5%. Probably going to get a, a Fed interest rate of over 3 would be my guess, would be my hope that they're going to raise it up above that. Not because I want people to pay more in interest, but because inflation demands that we do so. Because without the Paul Volkering of the 80s, inflation would not have been crushed and you would have been in a very stagflationary environment. And I want to hope that the Fed knows what they're doing and Jay Powell knows what they're doing. However, we've been lied to before by them. Oh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, inflation is, isn't here to stay. It's transitory. Oh, now it's real. Every step of the way, it's like, oh, well, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. So that's a lot about the portfolio. There is one stock that I would like to mention here. Uh, TARK, this is the double arc advantaged uh, or double arc leverage, RK leveraged account, um, well, tool, I guess. Uh, basically, if arc goes up 1%, this is gonna go up almost 2%. And today it's up 1.5%. Up to twenty-six dollars. Uh, back last month, I sold four puts for eighteen dollars for roughly two dollars and forty cents a piece. Um, and I've it's it's damn near worthless at this point, which is great. Which means I've made you know that you know two four six eight plus like almost you know a little over nine hundred bucks, almost a thousand dollars on those four puts. It's great. I'll try and sell them for about five cents each here coming up, hopefully in the next week or so as the, uh, you know, they get theta gang destroyed. Um, that'd be great. It'd be excellent. <laughs> about 970 bucks total. Can't complain. Um, and lastly, Palantir. So I've been buying this ever since it was 25 and I've been cost averaging down. And this is why you cost average down. Because if you take a look, my current average is $11.25 per share. Which, in theory, I should be above profitable. But I've played some options and things and lost some more money than that. So really, I'm still down. But an $11.25 price point on 1,255 shares is a really great price point. Especially when I started around that. $25 to $30 range buying this. So this is a little heavy for a portfolio, but with a portfolio under $25,000, to have roughly $15,000 of it 
in this, it's a little high, but also under a $25,000 portfolio, you're not supposed to have more than like three to five stocks. So kind of a mixed bag. But I'm happy with it because I've been buying it. I bought it when it was in the eights. I bought it when it was in the sevens. Uh, yeah, I've been buying this thing nonstop. And I'm okay with that. I'm still down on it, but that's okay. The higher this goes, I, I see Palantir as a $40 to $50 stock. That's that's my assumptions based on what I've read of the company. It's not going to be tonight. It's definitely not going to be tomorrow. But in another three to five years, this thing should hit $40 to $50. No problem. So we will take this account from under 20000 all the with this stock alone, be worth fifty over 50 k. I don't see a problem. Um, we're still down overall the portfolio. Again, uh, we're down over seven thousand dollars because there are positions that have closed out. So, current portfolio is almost twenty five thousand. We're probably about ten thousand dollars in the negative. I've probably put about thirty five thousand dollars in this since I started it, and things I haven't recorded or shown you because. I was busy. I had things I had to take care of. So for that, I apologize. I will do better. Um, last thing I want to cover is this stock. I want you guys to do your own due diligence. Take a look at it. SYM, ticker symbol, Symbiotic. It's a robotics company. I've talked about it before on the channel. Take a look at it and see if, you know, when you look at 10 Qs, 10 Ks, that kind of thing, see if it's a company that's worth investing in. and drop a comment and see if it's something that you're tell me what your thoughts are on that company. I'd really like to. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for the portfolio. Everything else, I mean, we've kind of covered a little bit. Uh, everything is pretty stagnant today. We're waiting on the job report for tomorrow. That will be interesting. So stay tuned for that tomorrow morning. Um, there are a lot of people out there, Michael Burry included, that are saying things that like, this is not the bottom, this is basically a big rally, and a lot of people are inclined to agree, Goldman Sachs is one of them. Uh, it's tough to say. There's still a lot of massive factors that are pinned against the market, like Ukraine war, inflation, gas prices that actually shot up today, um, which is kind of weird, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of why I can see this being like a, we've done a multiples compression, now we're gonna in recession because we have had two, two quarters back to back with a negative GDP, that's a recession. I don't care who wants to try and say that we're not in a recession because we're gonna rename what a recession is. Bullshit, you're in a recession, accept it. That's, that's it, that's it, that's all you need to know. There are different levels of being in a recession? Sure, I can agree with that. But to say that we're not in a recession is just stupid, asinine, and absolutely 100% untrue. So anyone who's telling you that we're not in a recession is a liar and you don't listen to them. Sorry. I just, I don't understand why I play the semantics game. Like, why do that? Just accept the fact that we're in a recession. It's not that bad right now. Could get worse, could get better. There's a very narrow way to play this where it might get better before it gets worse. Which is why I'm inclined to agree with Michael Burry and 
a lot of other people. Goodman Sachs, you'll see. And lastly, I wanted to talk about the housing market and how wrong Zillow is. So basically, this article here explains how Zillow believes that we're not going to see a decline in housing prices. I don't understand how they could think that. They are a Seattle-based company. They're one of the biggest, you know, websites, owners of real estate, really, in the nation. And they're saying that they believe there's even more gas left in the tank, a direct quote from this article, for the housing market to continue to grow. They're not looking at the same data I'm looking at, apparently, because I've seen a lot of housing developers lay people off, slow down work, stop building. Uh, I've seen the foreclosure numbers shoot up. I've seen the number of people who are 30 and 90 days behind on their mortgages shoot up over the last three months. There is a massive downfall coming, and I don't know that it's going to be stopped, especially because now you're starting to see people lose jobs. You're starting to see big tech lose jobs. The last two months, you've started to see a lot of different companies either rescind job offers or let people go in mass like 300 here 500 here a thousand people here 800 there different massive fortune 500 companies so to say that the housing market isn't going to go down is almost like you're walking through life with blinders on because all the signs are there pointing to yes the housing market is going to start collapsing in on itself. Maybe it's not going to be as bad as a lot of people think, but it's definitely not going higher in the next six to nine months. That's just not a thing I see happening. Will it go higher? Eventually. But you're looking at like 2024 before that happens, at best. Maybe mid-2023, maybe. It depends on a lot of other factors like the economy and inflation. So anyone who's telling you that, oh yeah, housing market's only gonna go up from here, it's nothing like 2008, again, they're probably also gonna tell you that we're not in a recession because they're idiots or they're liars or they're just really, they really are. Like that's, it's such an incredible disservice to say that we're not in a recession. It's such an incredible disservice to people and some people have to do that. Some corporations have to do that because think of it this way. Zillow has to root for the housing market to be good because they own so much. Realtors have to basically, this is, it's a salesman thing. Like you go to a dealership to buy a car and you say, hey, I heard that the uh, bottom's falling out of trucks because, you know, there's a massive gas price and people aren't buying new cars as fast anymore because they don't have the money. Salesman's going to say, ah, we're still hard-pressed to get inventory. It's going to be real hard to get any of these things. So if you want it, just buy it. Just do it and buy it. Because they are there to sell you something. Same is true of a real estate agent. They're like, oh, well, yeah, the housing market's on fire right now, but it's only going to go up from here. Because they're here to sell you something. It's only gone down the one time in 2008, when, and they fixed a lot of the banking regulation that led to that. Wrong. Just wrong. And that's true of what Zillow's doing. Hey, yeah, no, the housing market's going to be okay. It's actually probably going to keep going up. 
because they have something to sell you, and that's houses. And if people stop buying houses so that there's a glut of inventory versus how it's been for the last six to 12 months, suddenly it's a buyer's market, not a seller's market, because you have a lot more inventory to choose from. So that means all the prices have to come down because there's a lot more competition out there. And competition's the driver. That's why we love capitalism. It's true of the stock market, it's true of the housing market. So watch for price drops if you're in the market for houses because it's probably going to continue. If you're in the market to sell your house, you may be too late. You might try it and see what you get. I had a neighbor who lives at the end of a cul-de-sac who got over asking price on their house just last month. So it's not everywhere and it's not every house. But end of a cul-de-sac's quiet neighborhood. So I can see why that one might go for a little more than, uh, you know, asking. Whereas if you're on a busy highway or you're in the middle of a suburb, there's a lot of other houses there too. It may not go the way you think it will. That's just my two cents. So with that, I'm poor. As always, trade well and be safe.